Welcome to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ, hosted by Personal Responsibility Recovery. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, here's your host, Mark Myers. And welcome to the Recovery Hour. Uh, Mark Myers with Personal Responsibility Recovery. And, uh, of course, our host with me, Dr. Kirby Stewart. And uh, if you're just tuning into our show, the Recovery Hour, uh, we've been doing this for a little while. And it's brought to you by Personal Responsibility Recovery. And we are a small 12-bed residential treatment program that tackles addiction, alcoholism, uh, substance use disorder, you know, substance use disorder. That kind of sums it all up, I guess. Um, yeah. And well, yeah. And, and you know, the biggest, the, the biggest thing that we want to do on this show is we have to do better as a community when it comes to substance use disorder. Dr. Stewart and I were just talking about a, a fellow that has just is so in the grips, nicest guy in the world, and is just so in the grips of addiction right now that it's it's not only controlling, but it's just destroying his life and the lives around him. And, you know, that that's the story that we hear all the time, and we have to do a better job in talking about that. Addiction, substance use disorder, not only is it the leading cause of death in the United States now between 18 and, and 45-year-olds, it affects some 70 million Americans a year, and nobody wants to talk about it. We do. We want to address the elephant in the room. We want to destigmatize conversations about addiction, destigmatize conversations about substance use, identify the resources that are available. And, and oh my God, there's, there's so many available. But we want to educate folks as to what those resources are, both public and private. I mean, we personal responsibility recovery. We're, we're one of the premier drug and alcohol treatment programs, not only in the state, probably in the country. We have an amazing staff, but this isn't all about us. It's about addiction. It's about how can we work to spread uh, information, answer questions. So please feel free to join us. 512-836-0590 is our number here. Welcome any conversations, any calls. Uh, if we strike a nerve and it's too painful, too deep, and, and don't want to come on a radio station and say my life is is really spiraling down and I need help, personalresponsibilityrecovery.com, the contact page there, we will get right back to you uh, right after the show, actually. But uh, that's kind of who we are, what we do. I always take a minute, uh, well, in this case, uh, two minutes to talk about that. And yeah. I'm going to try and figure out, Dr. Kirby, what, what are we talking about tonight? we got oh, the holidays tonight. coming up. we got yeah. all, all kinds of stuff. Well, people, people made it through Thanksgiving. If, if they're hearing our voices right now, That's they, true. they made it through Thanksgiving. And uh, we're uh, interested in hearing from people about their experience over Thanksgiving. Was there a problem with, with drugs or alcohol uh, it, during your Thanksgiving celebration, and if so, what did you do about it, and how did it work out? But we also have uh, another holiday approaching, uh, actually a whole holiday season. Uh, uh, several major religions celebrate uh, the holiday season in December, and I, I, you know, I'd like to kind of talk about the the anguish and and discomfort associated with 
uh, addiction as the holidays approach. And, and, and what I mean by that is that people who suffer from addiction, who, who may still be in denial as to the extent of the addiction, uh, they, they may be struggling to look forward to the holidays because it's always a very challenging time. It not only presents the joys of a family life well-lived, but it also presents all of those times when you didn't feel like you belonged, when you felt disconnected from everybody else's joy because you weren't feeling it, quite frankly. And that that's a key theme uh, that that comes to the surface around the holidays for a lot of people who are still wrestling with addiction. It always gets worse during the holidays in, in, in plain English. It becomes one of our busiest times, and that is sad, but I know the shame and guilt is something that you tend to medicate because you— or in denial there's a problem, but then you're ashamed of it, and then you drink more to not feel ashamed, and you use more to get out of that funk. And, you yeah. know, at, at some point, uh, again, I, I always say it's one of my favorite passages in the 12-step literature, when we find we can no longer function with or without the use of drugs and substances, what is there left to do? And uh, sadly, too many people get there this time of year. Yeah. Addiction's not working. The, yeah. the medication, the self-medication, not working. Drinking yeah. on top of prescribed medications for other conditions, the underlying issues. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I play one here and, and sometimes, but, but Dr. Kirby, of <laughs> well, course. It, it, the underlying conditions are so incredibly important to identify, to yeah. talk about. Mental health is... Uh, I don't know what the stigma is to that, but if you have asthma, you tell people you have asthma, leukemia, diabetes, cancer. Yeah. All of those life-threatening diseases, all of the progressive fatal illnesses that are out there, we take action, we talk about. But their leading symptom is not denial, and that seems to be the leading symptom of substance use disorders, yeah, is stating it's that you don't have it, that you, that there's not a problem, and and the denial extends beyond the person suffering from addiction. It extends to their family, and absolutely, to and then, and then finally, when family or friends get fed up, the denial crashes; it, it shatters like a mirror, and uh, the individual thereafter feels ever more isolated. And and blamed and blamed and uh, so it, it spirals downhill from there. I it, think when that shatters, so often there's an anger, yeah, from family members. Well, they feel betrayed. They Absolutely. feel betrayed, but maybe mm-hmm. also they realize, wow, I put up with this for yeah. this long, mm-hmm. and it it wasn't me, and and it's you know shame, yeah. guilt, denial, anger. And it all wraparounds hurt. It hurts. It, 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 yeah, just hurts. it just hurts. You know, the addictive behavior on the part of a loved one is emotionally abusive. No question about it. Yes. So, it, you know, 
there's a whole lot of reconciliation that needs to take place and and that involves forgiveness and and forgiveness that's predicated upon acceptance of the disease well and and of course we're we're up against a break here in just a minute and we talk about what addiction is as we get started in here and wasn't really planning on going down that path but that that is the symptom. I, I think it's that's a, the symptom. It's and, a great uh, way to go. You it know, is a personal but, responsibility recovery. We talk about addiction in in terms of uh, physical uh, uh, brain chemistry and brain wiring problems, as well as uh, psychological and spiritual. And I think we can launch ourselves into that this evening. We will. Well, let's do that when we come back. Uh, Again, 512-836-0590 if you want to join us. And we'll be right back after a break. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Monday at 6 p.m. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Mark Myers. And welcome back to the Recovery Hour. Of course, Mark Myers with Personal Responsibility Recovery and Dr. Kirby Stewart, uh, Spiritual Director for PR Recovery. And, you know, if you're, if you're just joining us, we talk about addiction on this show. We talk about substance use. Uh, KLBJ 590 News Radio has always uh, partnered with us on this. We're very appreciative to them as well to just kind of bring resources to the community to destigmatize addiction, destigmatize conversations about substance use disorder, identify resources. Those are the those are the main goals of the show. And you know, beforehand we were we were talking about kind of how the denial and everything just can really spiral this time of year. And I think uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I I think sometimes I I, I am in recovery. I don't uh I don't hide that. I don't make a big deal out of it, but I'm a long-term member of recovery community in Austin. And, you know, before I was in recovery, I always had these expectations of Christmas based on Norman Rockwell stories and Norman Rockwell paintings. And I would, mm-hmm. I would think I have to do this perfect. And the reality is, you know, not only was I incapable of doing it perfect, I think, I think in average dynamics, nothing is as perfect as we want it to be. And when we try to attempt that, especially under the influence and start failing, we just, we just start spiraling. It, uh, the disappointment gets worse. The failures in the family of, of a father, of a child, of, of all the dynamics seem magnified this time of year because they're not what we think they need to be. We're, they're not what we, what we are told they need to be by a society. And yeah. so it just keeps getting worse, and it yeah. just keeps getting worse. And I don't mean to be, you know, Scrooge here, but but the holidays are really rough on someone in addiction, active addiction, that needs help. And they're really rough on the families of that person who is in active addiction. Yeah, yeah. We've got to have a plan for that. Yeah, and when you say you've got to have a plan, Mark, what— you're talking to friends and family of, of an individual who's suffering from addiction, and you're, you're suggesting that they have a plan for dealing with the distress that they uh, discover or that they, they're willing to acknowledge in, in the person in their life 
who is suffering from addiction. Honest conversations. Yeah. I mean, if you have an active, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I know that for me, honest conversations years ago with a family friend who's no longer with us that, that really wanted recovery, really wanted recovery and, uh, was never willing to do what was necessary. But we did set some ground rules. It was, look, you are welcome to join us, mm-hmm. but this is an alcohol-free event. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an alcohol-free event from all the families that could drink normally, if there's such a thing. But it, Well, and there is. There's yeah. a lot of folks who enjoy a drink, who enjoy wine with dinner. Um, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. This individual couldn't do that. Yeah. And we made it very clear we're not going to attempt to do that <laughs> because yeah. we know where yeah. it leads. And yeah, your your reflection reminds me that that's why those of us who are in the profession claim that addiction is a disorder, a, a physiological disorder. You you can say it's a disease or not a disease. I I don't want to get lost in that argument, but certainly saying that it's a disease or a disorder does not mean that it is something that it can't be done something about you know it doesn't mean that we're disarmed and have no resources to address it exactly uh, it does mean however that it takes a a conscientious and well-informed effort in order to reverse the tide and even though we don't claim to ever be able to cure it, we can uh, recover. And recovery is very real. And those of us who are in recovery celebrate it all the time. It, 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 uh, the holidays go from being a distressful time to being a most uh, satisfying time and most fulfilling time. I have a grandson flying in who will be one year old on twelve fifteen, the day he arrives. Uh-huh. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm going, you know, full Clark Griswold on the Christmas decorations outside my home. I will enjoy the oh, holidays. Heaven forbid. Exactly. But <laughs> I will enjoy those holidays, but I enjoy those holidays with no expectations because all I'm in control of are my efforts and, yeah. and things like that that we learn in recovery. But to be an active addiction and try to plan that and try and have the perfect holiday. Then when one little thing goes wrong, mm-hmm. all bets are off. Yeah. And, and those eggshells are what families tend to walk around on mm-hmm. with a member that's in active addiction that hasn't sought help. Yeah. And, and that can be, wow, that, that's just a, you know, it's a recipe for disaster because we're not having honest conversations about it. Yeah. We're not doing what we did last year. We've got to do this. Yeah. Honest conversations. Honest. And those conversations need to be based on, uh, you know, what I would call an unconditional positive regard for the individual who's suffering from addiction. Absolutely. If, if you approach a loved one or, for that matter, an acquaintance, from the point of view that you you have unconditional positive regard for their humanity, that conversation is likely to go very well. But if you approach them from the point of view that there's something seriously wrong with them and they need to get it fixed, 
It's not going to go that well. Probably not going to no. be real receptive. <laughs> <laughs> I can even only judge you're right. myself. Even, you're right. Even, even you're though right. you're right, there's something seriously wrong and they need to get it fixed. And I think both are right. They are a great human being suffering from addiction. Yeah. But they're also someone that ruins a lot of things going on because of their actions, because yeah. of the symptoms of their disease. And thus the stigma that we, we encounter. The stigma we encounter. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a really rough it's a really rough thing that we have to it, – it's a needle that is hard to thread mm-hmm. because the addict needs to be able to hear the message. And approached with anger, they don't hear that message. No, approached with that. guilt, with shame. Punishment does Punishment. not work. No. Now, and, you know, and I, I can talk brain chemistry. Uh, you, know, you know me, Mark. I can talk, talk your ears off that we get going about brain chemistry. But the reason that punishment or threat doesn't work is because it activates the stress response system. And the reason that addicts drink and use is because they have an overactive stress response system. It's kind of self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> now, fear only works to change behavior transiently, yeah, temporarily. And, and it's, it's very effective transiently, but it never works for the long term. It doesn't. Long-term recovery is, is effective of... of mental, uh, what, what do we say? We, we treat mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things that we treat that we acknowledge this time of year is the spiritual side of it. Absolutely. Is you have to have some real solid, hardcore, hard looks, hard conversations, hard, hard acceptance of where you are and realize that there is a better path. And yeah. that's, uh, that's getting into the treatment aspect of it. But, you know, again, we've been talking for, oh, a few minutes here. And I I keep forgetting to say, you know, if you want to join our conversation, 512-836-0590. And if it's something that we're hitting home with that that you need to talk about, that you have some questions about, personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. There's a contact us page on there. Um, Email us. Shoot us a question. Shoot us the you know, a good time to call, and and we can have a very judgment-free conversation with you about what the next steps might be, answer questions. Not always going to be us. This is not always about us, Um, but we do know the state-funded resources. We know the, you know, the OSAR and the Blue Bonnet and all of the different resources that are available out there that can help with addiction. And, And it Dr. Kirby, I know you know many people and have done outpatient therapies. There's there's outpatient treatments. There's yeah. folks like Dr. Masters and Dr. Russ yeah. Carter and folks that mm-hmm. are just amazing addictionologists in town. Austin's a great town for that. I guess that's probably because it has a history of being a great party town. Well, live music capital of the world, <laughs> you know, it might have a little bit something to do with that. Um, well, people like to have a good time, and, and drugs and alcohol are associated with a good time, even though they they don't uh, serve over the long run. Um, they do not. Yeah, you know, and the, the part about state-funded programs, that people should not turn their nose up at, at publicly funded programs. Uh, I, you know, I, I held the position of the, uh, the, uh, director for substance abuse programs at the department of state health services back a decade or so ago. And we reviewed the curriculum for the, 
various state-funded uh, treatment programs, and they were really top-notch. They're really you know? good. And the state doesn't throw its money at a, at a program that isn't working. No. And in, as a matter of fact, in my view, the, the publicly funded programs are in many cases superior to the big dollar programs that you can throw money at. The big box rehabs that are controlled by insurance, that are owned by huge, you know, some some of those have great programs, but insurance tends to really predicate what is treated. And that's not always the best thing for the the addict. We're uh, coming up on another break. Boy, that happens quick. Again, after the news, if you want to join us, 512-836-0590. That's News Radio 590, of course, and personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Monday at 6 p.m. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Mark Myers. And welcome back to the Recovery Hour. Uh, I am Mark Myers, and of course with me, Dr. Kirby Stewart, uh, Spiritual Director for Personal Responsibility Recovery. And, uh, you know, again, um, 512-836-0590 if you want to join the show, if you want to uh, have any questions, anything about resources. That's what that's what we're here for, is to talk about resources available for alcoholism, for substance use disorders, the show's designed to destigmatize conversations about recovery. And most of the time, those conversations end up being just Dr. Kirby and I, because a lot of folks are hesitant to call in. Um, I get that. But don't be hesitant to contact PR or personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. We get an awful lot of questions that way. And, you know, we, we understand how. Uh, you know, based on the shame and the guilt and all of those things, it, it's not a real public thing sometimes. And, you know, we got a, we got a text from a listener that asked, what, what would the first step be for a family? What, uh, if you've got a loved one, if you've got a child, if you've got a spouse, a brother, a husband, anybody, what is the first step? What, what does that family do? What does that look like to say, you know what? We know you have a problem. I'm sorry you don't know that or don't accept that. I promise you they do know it. <laughs> yeah. But what do you do? What's what's that uh what does that first step look like for the family? Yeah. And well, I would say have a plan. That's and, the first step. The yes. first step is to have a plan that can address whether the person aligns themselves with your wishes for their welfare or doesn't. Either way, have a plan. For example, let's say the individual rejects your offer to help or even your advice. Gets mad. Gets mad, gets upset. Thinks gets, gets that you're defensive. up on them. Uh, yeah. Ganging up on me. Have exactly. a plan. And, and do not react to their upset but have a plan. And that plan should be something along the lines of, well, okay, from now on, family events are going to be sober affairs, period. And if you want to attend, that's the rule. That's the rule. And there's consequences. And I, I know you've spoken several times, Dr. Kirby, about 
and and it's Dr. Stewart, but that's fine. I know you as Dr. Kirby. (laughs) 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 I know that uh, you've said you can't. One of the biggest things that a family does or that loved ones do is get in between an addict and the consequences of active addiction. Yeah. They try to buffer that. They They try try, to get in between it. That's and you can't do that. You have no. to allow them to hit those consequences. You have to allow them to collide with the consequences of their behavior. Uh, and maybe set some of the consequences in motion for them. Yeah. Like you're not going to attend this birthday party. You are not yeah. going to attend. Yeah. And and those lines have to be drawn. They, ha- they have to be. They're, you know, the, the father who thinks that it's okay to get a little buzz going on with his beer or his whiskey or whatever before he goes to visit his teenage daughter, that is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And, and the mom needs to step in and say, that's not okay. You cannot do that. You, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and we, the trouble that we have, Mark, as you know, you know better than I, that we rely too often on the courts to make these determinations, a divorce court. And, and by the time you get to that point where, you know, that, that's, that's really tragic. Things have gone on too long uh, if, they, if they get to that point. And we, we often, you know, when we, when we say have a plan, we have to stick to it because if we don't, mm-hmm. and I, I liken it to or, or compare it often to the skin cancer. Um, it's a progressive fatal illness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that the first sign of it, I'm screaming to an oncologist to take care of this right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the first sign of addiction, we pat him on the hand and say, all right, now don't do that again. <laughs> and it yeah. keeps going until you are in a divorce court or worse, a DWI court. Yeah. And the second time you're in that DWI court, then you show up with us with an ankle monitor on. Yeah. And it, it life has changed. And the third time is a felony, and life has really changed. And we see that. We, we see what it turns into. Yeah, we do. And we're, we're advocates for the person suffering from addiction. Absolutely. We are totally advocates for that. But we're sharing with the listening audience right now out of our experience of working with, uh, with addicts and their families and loved ones and, and the human resource department for the employer, et cetera. And the criminal attorneys, the, the criminal adult attorneys, probation, the, the judges, judges, all of those. Yeah, and, and we're suggesting that if you direct the individual suffering from addiction to the right resources, you have done your job and coupling with that, you need to uh, protect people who would otherwise suffer the consequences of that person's addictive behavior. You, you, you have to protect them. And, and I, I think that's very important to minimize the trauma associated with the disease. Then the other side is, well, what if they agree? What if they say, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I have need a help. problem. I, I, need, I help. need help. Have a plan. Have a plan. Don't wait until the next day at lunchtime. No. That I need help can change in a matter can, of an hour. It can change. It. You're absolutely right. And 
we, we like to talk about that as an island of lucidity or a, a momentary... Moment of uh, clarity. Moment of clarity. It, you know, so have the plan in place so that you know exactly what you're going to do if they say they need help. And it's in place. And, and, and yeah, that's and where... It's not the time to get online and start Google Googling... Uh, rehabs near rehabs. me. Rehabs. No, no. Find a rehab. Get it ready. Get it set up so that in case the person says, okay... You're, you're off to the race. And call and talk to them. Get professional experience and professional guidance because so often you're going to need medical stabilization or detox, as yeah. it's termed. Alcohol can suddenly stopping from drinking alcohol. That, that's a big deal uh, yeah. depending on the consumption. So there's a lot of folks that don't have, and, and you wouldn't unless you've been through it, have the education yeah. and, and have the resources and that's what we try to do. So, you can, And I want to add one more thing to that. You cannot rely on your local ER. There might be personnel in an ER that knows how to address the problem. If they're there. If they're there. There's, there's that's casual, the exception rather than the rule. You know, I, we have been up to Round Rock, St. David's. We've been over to Seton. They have amazing, absolutely amazing social workers, uh, discharge planners. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you actually get to talk to them, if, if that, that's in the event of an emergency. And we do way too often have to intervene on those emergencies. We're talking about getting the person before that emergency happens, before they are taken by ambulance with alcohol poisoning or overdose mm-hmm. or uh, having Narcan uh, being revived, yeah. resuscitation, mm-hmm. all of those types of things. Long before that, the conversations, that's what we're trying to spur with this show. Have the conversation now. Have yeah. the conversation. Make the plan. And you know, there are some great, Rise Recovery is one that's just an, an amazing facility. Um, Crest, uh, Crestone in Taylor, mm-hmm. fabulous detox center. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several around town that really do an outstanding job and get that transition done to where someone can then move ahead into uh, residential treatment if needed. There's also, like we said, you, you, that, that may not be as severe as it needs to be right now. Maybe Dr. Masters, maybe Dr. Carter, but have a plan. And that doesn't happen if someone says, I need help, and you've never done the research. Mm-hmm. And that's what our show is for. Yeah. PersonalResponsibilityRecovery.com. That will answer those questions for you. And, and of course, if you want to join us on the air tonight, if you have questions, 512-836-0590. We're up against a break here. We're going to come back and wrap the show up in a minute. I'm... I'm always feel like the show's too short. I, I kind of feel like I've said everything I need to say tonight. And I don't know. Uh, that, that's unusual <laughs> for me, Dr. Kirby. Well, I haven't yet. So you haven't. We All got right. one more well, segment. We've got, yeah, there we go. We've got one more segment. And uh, Dr. Kirby still has some things to say. So, you know, when we uh, when we do come back here, but again, 512-836-0590, destigmatize conversations about addiction. We've got to have some honest the number one cause of death, fentanyl poisoning, substance abuse. 
in the 18 to 45-year-old range. And as a community, folks, we just have to do better. We'll be right back. Providing professional opinions, resources, and guidance for addiction treatment every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. The Recovery Hour with Mark Myers. And we're back with the Recovery Hour uh, with Dr. Kirby Stewart and, of course, myself, Mark Myers, with Personal Responsibility Recovery. Uh, if you're joining us uh, and want to join us on the air, of course, our phone number 512-836-0590. And uh, again, if it's the first time you're joining us or just tuning in, personalresponsibilityrecovery.com brings a show each week to destigmatize conversations about addiction, get it out in the open. Uh, we always say no one wants to no one wants to talk about the elephant in the room and and we we want to put neon lights on it and teach it to dance. It just we've got to do a better job. We've got uh, Kay Holding uh, has a couple of questions about some things, so we're gonna we're gonna jump right in there with that. Uh, Kay, you're on with Mark Myers and Dr. Stewart. How can we help? My biggest fear is um, I've been self-medicating, and um, my biggest worry is that you I, I go into treatment and I lose control. Um, I don't want to be put on a lot of medication that I've seen people that have what I have on. I, I, I smoke. And um, I do have some pharmaceuticals that are given to me by my doctor. But he doesn't know, of course, that I'm, I'm you know, um, smoking THC. And the problem is I'm worried. I want to go off because I'm afraid that, I mean, I'm going to get a hold of something that's not what I think it is. And what I'm terrified of is that going through the treatment that I'm going to either be doped up to the point and put on some really heavy-duty medicines that I don't want um, or that I'm going to lose control and, and become violent or threatening. What happens if I threaten the staff? Are, are you guys going to tell me I have to leave? Are you going to call the police? I mean, when someone's going through detox, I mean, I've tried to go through detox, and I mean, it, it, you got the affliction with the detox on top of it. So how much of my whatever is your staff going to put up with? I mean, I'm going to say some really nasty things. I'm going to... Well, I mean, I'm I'm going to answer that question if I may. Please do. We put up with all of it. Um, whatever it takes. It's whatever it takes, and you know, if someone does lose control physically, then yeah, there's there's there can be some some intervention on that, but there's a lot of things that are trained to do that. Uh, Rise Recovery is pretty amazing. Crestone uh, also pretty amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. Dr. Kirby's retired. He does not practice medicine. And Dr. William Loving is our medical director. And Dr. William Loving is one of the best psychiatrists and fellow of addiction medicine out there. You know, it's, it's a combination of things. And to address it in a, in a quick phone call, hard to do. But I do understand, 100%, understand the fears of doing something. Um, and there has to be a little bit of faith that it is, I guess the first step is admitting we're powerless over addiction. And I'm sure you've heard that. 
and that our yeah. life has become unmanageable. That's the second part of that step. And when you get to a point where you can't function with or without the use of drugs, you know, what is there left to do? And that's to seek help um, because the other three options are not very good. And when you seek help, you need to, I say need, bad word, I would suggest that you have to research and talk to the person at the detox facility. Ask them those questions. And that's, Dr. Stewart, what what advice do you have? Well, yeah, but I think even before uh, Kay reaches out to a, a detox expert, that she reach out to anyone with expertise in addiction treatment because she may not need detox. Uh, it may not be as bad as she fears. And so, you know, give us a call at Personal Responsibility Recovery uh, or send us an email or something and we can reach out to you and we can help sort this out a bit. Uh, I, I applaud you for recognizing your own fears and for reaching out to us right now. That tells Absolutely. me that you're on the right track and that you're likely to have the resources within yourself necessary to pull your pull yourself through this process and and so i i encourage you to keep taking the next the next right action and reach out to us we can talk to you about whether or not you need to go into a detox uh, facility and if so what does that look like you might be able to do it as an outpatient we don't know we just a need to have that options. conversation yeah and that's not a conversation to really be had right now. Kay, would it be okay if we keep your number and have someone get back with you uh, later this evening or first thing in the morning? I'd rather not. I'll follow up. I'm okay. sorry. I, I've that's called okay. different lines before, and, you know, I um, I have a really stressful situation. I but totally I get one it. One more question if I could ask, and I think it's important for a lot of people out there. What does Medicaid do when you go into treatment and you and they find out what you've been doing medicaid yeah what if you're on medicaid and you get and you go to seek treatment and then it somehow it comes to light that you've been self-medicating can you lose your medicaid no no you keep all of that secret is are you sure that they won't find out well first of all your medical information your health information is private and Medicaid doesn't have access to anything that you don't give them access to. Okay. And they're not I punitive. Have, I mean, I yeah. just thought that when you sign everything, you sign everything. I have no idea what I signed. Gotcha. I just know. <laughs> well, I you understand. Know. Okay. Well, Kay, please okay. follow up with us at personalresponsibilityrecovery.com. There's a contact okay. page on there. Give us that information. We can do everything by email if you would like us to do that. I would prefer that. Okay, I, no I, worries. I have another afflicted person in the house who doesn't really deal well with me. I understand. Okay, well, Kay, please reach right. out to us. Thank you. I will. Thank you thank for you calling. Thank you for doing this show. Thank you, you bet. Thank you, Kay. Bye. So common that underlying issues are part of the addiction path and self-medication, yeah. um, such a common path. and. You know, we don't talk about that a lot of times, but when an addict does have that point where they're reaching out, there can be such fear, fear of the job, benefits, and again, it gets into the shame. This is a progressive fatal illness. That's all it is. It's not a moral failing. It's 
not bad judgment, it's not bad character, it's not it's a progressive mental illness that can be put into remission. And I I I think the important thing that I'd like to emphasize here is that when you're in the midst of the addictive behavior, it's really, really hard to see your way out of it. It is. Just about impossible. And and if you expect that of yourself before you ask for help, it 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 could very well be too late. I, I think the the important point being that you recognize that you need help and by the way, we keep saying this over and over again. You need help. We need help. You know, help this, help that. But I want to su- suggest that nobody recovers from from a, a moderately severe to severe addiction on their own. No, you don't. The you, some people with a mild addiction might be able to confront the negative consequences of their behavior and say, "Okay, that's it. I'm done." and just swear off and be done. Stage one. Stage one. That's yep. mild addictive Stage disease. two, maybe. <laughs> right. Stage three, stage four, that's going to take, take some work. Yeah, no, it, it, because it's so much more physiologically involved and, and your, your biochemistry, your, your biology uh, has been affected by the addiction, and, and so it's not just a matter of willpower. In fact, most addictive behavior is no longer a matter of willpower. If it were a matter of willpower, it wouldn't be an addiction. It exactly. would be a bad habit. Exactly. And, and there's a huge difference between a bad habit and a Absolutely. chemical disorder. Absolutely. A, a and it has, everything to do, yeah. it has everything to do with the power of choice. And when you get into the addiction area as opposed to the bad habit area, you've pretty much lost the power of choice, even though you may still feel like you have the power of choice, uh, you actually find out over time that you don't. And that doesn't mean that you won't have that moment of clarity where you do reach out, like our last caller, hey, I need help. Here's what it looks like. I I hope that that follow-up continues. I hope so, Because there are some resources out there. There's are really good resources out there that can that can help with Medicaid, that can help Medicare, that can help yeah. help with any of them. Though yeah. there's programs out there that are fantastic. We are again coming up on the end of our show. I guess I did have a little bit more to say. Um yeah. you got inspired by the call. I got inspired. Thanks, so Jay. again, personal responsibility com. That's our website. Uh, We're a wealth of information. Please use it. We are here to answer questions about addiction. Bring forth the resources that are available, both public, private, state-funded. There's a lot of them out there. We've got some amazing programs in Austin, some amazing professionals in the Austin area. 12-step immersive programs, full clinical programs. And, you know, we're, we're one of the only small 12 that is both medical, clinical, and 12-step immersive. That's, that's just what we do, the spiritual path of it. But we have the resources to meet you where you're at. And, you know, these next few weeks are going to be hard on folks. They just yeah. are. We've got about 20 seconds here, Dr. Kirby. Yeah, well, I, my, my sign-off tonight is going to be God bless and let's all be grateful and just do exactly. the next right thing. Let's do the next right <laughs> thing. And, and, you know, it doesn't cost any more to be really kind.
to people. Now, and kindness that's what we need is to never do. overrated. And, and we're out of here. See you next week.